This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are kicking it old school with the handheld Zoom recorder and our lapel mics sitting in a car as we reflect on this year. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I've been lapeled in. Yeah. Yeah, we're used to, at this point, having the nice, fancy condenser mic and the laptop and running all the audio directly into the app where it gets edited, but laptop battery is running low, so we're uh, coming back to our roots. Yep. Which is appropriate, because here we are reflecting on this year's roots, mostly through the lens of Miss Megan here and maybe with a couple of comments hither and yon from myself. Well, I'll be honest with with everybody. I kind of cheated to try and find out what happened this year and when. Mm. And I went through all of our old old podcasts for the year. For any time we did a reflection episode, I was like, oh, that's right. That that thing happened. That event happened. We were, oh, yeah, we did that road trip or something along those lines. Um, And so I I definitely, I, I bulleted my notes out. And because I'm me, I wrote it about three different times because I wanted it to look right when I was going through it. Um, And of course, that actually allowed me to remember certain other things that happened as well, and so on and so forth. You had me at old podcast episodes. Are you saying that there are archives available of all of our old episodes? There are. I scrolled and I scrolled and I scrolled back to uh, the beginning, i.e. January of 2018, because there's much more than that. There's much more than that, Um, because you have all kinds of interviews, and we've been doing this podcast for quite some time at this point. What what website was this? this Well, I cheat, and I just type in linedancepodcast.com. And that it seems easy. <laughs> it takes me directly to us. Huh. And there's tons of interviews that I totally forgot we had on there that I'm going to go back and either listen to or re-listen to. Um, because I, I don't think I ever actually listened to Darren's interview. Hmm. So I'll, I'll definitely need to go back and do that. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of good information there. That sounds both fun and informative. And, you know, with a, a name like linedancepodcast.com, I bet you could even tell a friend about that. It just rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. does. It's really nice. Something to think about in 2019. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, some of the things that happened to us throughout the year, I'm just going to give it as a broad sense. There is stuff like tabling and teaching for club. So now... Generally speaking, the beginning of each semester, you, along with some of the other club members, will book days. Is Sonoma State Line Dance that Club? That is Sonoma State Line Dance Club. Um, we'll book days that allow us to go out into this little courtyard that's in between the rec center and I believe it's the student center. And that's also right next to where the cafeteria is during lunch. So we generally try to book during lunch hours. And we'll go out, we'll set up a table, sometimes with flyers. If we're lucky and we've booked an advanced enough, we get music. Um, And so we'll be out there, we'll do some dances that are current, uh, some that are old and some that are easy for people to follow along, some that are a little bit more complicated, just to kind of demonstrate the variety to all the different passerbys um, to get them interested and possibly asking questions. We have a list out where we'll take people's names and contact information to let them know when we meet and invite them to join us. And then we'll go into teaching um, at the actual meetings. And most of the time it's you and me teaching, but every once in a while we're lucky enough and We'll have guest instructors as well. Um, Our friend Natalie has been a guest instructor once. Um, I know that uh, Leah and Steph have covered for us while we were traveling the globe. Um, As well as we've seen both Carrie and Courtney try and teach Case for Kicks in this last year. So it's been really fun 
environment for me, at least, to not only get to dance dances that I enjoy, get to teach dances that I enjoy, but also really get the experience of having um, camaraderie among these these individuals and really forming some really close relationships with them, as well as seeing some of them go from being the shy wallflower that doesn't want to say anything or like doesn't want to step on any, any toes or anything to being fun and sassy and quirky and outgoing and just alive when they get to dance and get around these people because they've found a family. Um, I'm definitely a huge advocate and very glad that you started Line Dance Club so many years ago, which was year what again? 2012. 2012. With Keith Anderson and Bailey Walker. 2012. It's now almost 2019, which by the time this airs, it will be 2019, I believe. That's true. Um, so that's really exciting that it's been going this long every semester. And each semester we get a couple new people and they just seem to sink their teeth into it and really just, you know, enjoy it the way we do. Um, what what were some of your favorite things about the moments in club or tabling? Well, the snowballs were memorable. <laughs> uh, also, one quick clarification for anybody who's thinking about on the air, what does that mean? Well, for those uh, who listen to Line Dancer Radio, this will be on the air live on December 31st our time for everybody who listens after it's been over the airwaves on linedancepodcast.com it'll be 2019 yeah. uh, as far as club goes I would say digging through some of our recommendation uh, learns like AM to P- well let's see I think on, online was where I saw people talking about AM to PM bringing that back to events and it, while it would be easy to say, okay, well, the country bars are this world and club is this world and Hot Monk and Twin Oaks are this level of difficulty and the events are something totally separate. I like when we're able to overlap and where there is an embrace of something that seems like it should be from this area and it ends up also working out well somewhere else. So uh, as an example uh, with club, AM to PM, uh, we had another student uh, learning that. Um, Shoop recently. Shoop by Darren Bailey and company. Uh, these these are the sorts of dances that you really never see in a country bar, especially in our area. And having the opportunity to do those kinds of dances with club and not just you know your usual country bar, watermelon crawl type stuff um, shows the openness that they have that I really appreciate when they are willing to oh my goodness rhythm inside and second time around like who would think that university students many of which have very little experience in line dance who would think they would they would ever stumble across this dance on their own going to what they would hear from a friend as being line dance like you take them to Stoney's they wouldn't see that you know if they, if they went for the next five years but you know, club is a unique environment where they can be exposed to that. And anytime I would see them grow in that way and stretch their mind beyond what they think uh, line dance is, that 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 would have been uh, a good day for me. Yeah. So another one of the things that kind of happen periodically throughout the year are the different socials that we attend. So Wine Country Line Dance puts on a social, uh, typically every second Sunday of the month. And they'll teach a beginner, a either high beginner or improver, and an intermediate dance. Um, and then those get put on the next month's playlist. But generally speaking, they have a pretty diverse um, everything from your slows, your fasts, your hards, to your easiers um, at this particular event. And... Um, it's, it's very welcoming for me, at least it's, it's like a reunion at least once a month. And I get to see people that I don't normally get to see. And I get to do dances that generally I'm not as lucky to get to dance with multiple people. Like it really has to be like, I go to an event and that's where I dance it. But for the most part, a lot of these are dances that 
aren't quite the right fit for club and definitely not for something else I'll reference later, which was Hot Monk or Twin Oaks. Um, it's not something you're going to see at the bar typically. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's another place where we've gotten to really explore and find out different dances and be exposed to new dances, as well as there's been a couple times where we were able to teach as well for in cover. And that was that was certainly pleasant and wonderful. There's also um, Dolly's Rohnert Park Socials, and she hold, hosts them at the Senior Center. And she ha- hosts them for just about anybody who wants to show up. But her primary focus is to get her beginner class and her intermediate classes together to socialize and to social dance. She generally alternates a beginner and an intermediate, you know, back to back. Um, and then as for like slow and fast, it's just all over the map, depending on who's requesting what. Um, and it, it allows the beginners to see that there's more out there. It allows the intermediates to take a chance to follow the beginner dances. And just it has a lot of ways of bringing the community a little bit more together, which at events, generally, it's a little bit trickier to bring the beginners and the intermediates together because there are the rooms that are designated for each. So it's nice to see an event that has, uh, you know, both levels. And I say both levels when that also includes, you know, improver and advanced in there as well. But basically those two main things being a beginner versus an intermediate dancer bring them together in a way that line dance does um after that we are very 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 fortunate to get to say that we had a very successful year at both hot monk um tavern in Novato and twin oaks roadhouse in uh pengrove pengrove started out rough last year because originally we were on the same nights as Hot Monk, so we were competing with ourselves. And finally we were able to get it switched over so that it was on alternating Thursdays. And it still, you know, it was the first half of the year, it was a little sparse. It was hard getting people there um, to Twin Oaks. And, I mean, the people that would show up obviously loved it, and they would definitely show up again the next time we were there, and they had a blast. But as of late, it's been a very consistent, large crowd where to the point is that, you know, we're trying to figure out how how to teach certain dances because there's so many people on the floor that we want to make sure it doesn't travel too much and people are still having a good time learning the dances and dancing the dances um, with the limited space that we do have at Twin Oaks. Um, Hot Monk has been more and more successful every time we go. We definitely have a regular turnout now. Um, We went from using a whiteboard for requests to a new system that we recently um, implemented. And uh, I'll let you talk about that one a little bit more since you're the one who created it. Well, we borrowed it from... When I say borrow, I mean directly copied from uh, Boots and Buckles and Country Quick Steppers, which are dance clubs in the Bay Area that have been running for decades now. And they know their stuff. They figured out a system by which they can easily gauge how popular any given potential dance request is. And we've adopted that for ourselves. We're looking at... Since I write everything down... Um, looking at past dance nights and what was played, we were able to get a pretty consistent core list of what is likely to be requested and played for a night at either place. Starting from the first night, we could then refine further for each subsequent night and see that some dances... Even those that were taught numerous times at both locations just are not requested, which is fine. You know, the the customer's always right, as they say. And that gives people an ability to, when when they see this list, remember which ones they have heard called on the mic or may have even been in a lesson for 
and then request by means of the um, marking of their initials next to that dance name. So there'll be a column of boxes, each with, I guess you could call them rectangles, uh, each with the dance name in them. And then next to each of those dance names, there are more equilateral boxes. And in those boxes, people would put their initials. After a certain point, you run out of boxes. And you start <laughs> thinking, gosh, a lot of people want Lonely Drum tonight. We better play that or they're going to explode. So rather than have them explode, we get to the most high demand or the, the, we get to the highest demand dances uh, in a reasonable length of time after they've started to fill up. And by doing that, we can make the greatest number of people happy and we keep the, the floor full with, I mean, when you see the, when you see how many initials are on there with like a pretty decent chance that the people who requested it will dance it. And then as the night gets on, which just naturally happens, the people who only have you know, the dances with only a couple of names and a couple of initials those those will get played eventually and if people are patient they'll get to dance them uh, but those would be for more like the hardcore people like the niche dancers who taught themselves a dance like that doesn't represent everyone so for the bulk of the night you get the bulk of the floor filled and then for the extremes of the night like the at the beginning and the end you get the you know two to four dancers uh, on a dance uh, represented as well so as long as they're willing to accept um you know that that flow of things everybody ends up going home happy and the playlist is not clogged with things that say we would like to push but which they are not receiving yeah it's definitely something that we have learned from um and, and I'm glad that, you know, Boots and Buckles and Quick Steppers were able to help out in, in that way by giving us something new to try. That seems to be working. Yeah. I've definitely noticed that it's a lot easier to figure out which dances to play. Because there was one night that um, basically you and I were primary DJ. And it was one of the first nights I've ever actually attempted to DJ at a Hot Monk or Twin Oaks night. And... Most of that just had to do with the fact like I was never sure how to judge a flow because I was like, how many people are really going to know this dance? How many people want to dance this dance? And versus like, you know, it's one of those where I'm like, I don't think that there's a ton of people. Oh, look, now that I have this sheet, I can really gauge me like, oh, there's like seven people who want, for, for example, Lonely Drum. And there's like three that want, you know, rhythm inside. Okay, that makes sense. I'm going to play Lonely Drum, and it allows us to really gear the night. It allows us to fill the floor frequently, um, and then we've kind of figured out, like, towards the end of the night that when it starts to get some of those more niche or higher difficulty dances, we put one or two of those there to give people a break so that there's other people that can still dance it, and then we'll put on something that we know people either A, can follow, or will fill the floor. So it's it's one of those things where we it allows us to really monitor like how full our floor is going to be when there's a lot of time like there's a lot of people that we have to cater to as well as one of the things which we discovered recently was alternating between country and non-country dances like we we've gotten a lot better at making sure that we don't go too many in um, on either side because we have so many people that like so many different things that it really allows us to like gauge the night and make it a more well-rounded better received evening for everyone and then we also have our several lessons in the night as well that we like to throw in there and I think it's just it's become an amazing experience for everyone myself included it's one of those things where I don't know how we got so lucky to have the group of people that attend our nights because I know that in my experience um, going to other venues um, I'll refer to it as like the dark corner and the dark corner has to do with people who are very much into their group um 
make it a little bit harder for others to feel comfortable around them or and that could also just simply be like for instance me reading into things I'm not going to say that like they purposely go out of their way to be mean to people but then there's also the ones that do and it really are nights I don't I don't find any dark corners I'm you know it's like I think everybody really just gets along and it's kind of amazing how welcoming everybody is at this particular well I say this particular location but both Hot Monk and Twin Oaks um it's just it's a very warm and welcoming environment and you know beginners are out there trying really really hard and risking like getting it wrong which is impressive because I know a lot of people who don't like to risk getting things wrong and here they are all taking a chance knowing that they're safe and it's a really cool thing to be able to witness over this last year of how certain people have just really grown and developed and I I I count us among the very fortunate for that. Speaking of the the rotation uh, one of the things that has kind of emerged in trying to identify patterns with rotating, uh, for anybody who's taking notes, uh, is that there are, I, I think, at least three rotations that happen kind of simultaneously, where there's the people rotation that, for us, is regulars, club members, and like beginners. And if you're able to rotate among those three, then all of your people are covered because the club people know things that we've taught them, but separately. The regulars are doing things that we've been teaching at those places for the last several months, and beginners just need anything to move to at all. Cupid Shuffle's fine. There's also the, as you mentioned, genre rotation of country, non-country, uh, like classic dances, contemporary dances. Um, and then there's also energy wise fast and slow because what happens if you play a fast one for beginners and then a fast one for the regulars and then a fast one for the club people and somebody knows all three of those (laughs) most likely us (laughs) and then we have to go and teach afterwards (laughs) so if you're somehow able to align your speed rotation and your people rotation and your music selection genre rotation all in in harmony it's a good night and everyone's happy yeah. So I again I count I count us among the very fortunate to have such an amazing group of people on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. So now I also count myself very, very lucky because Thursday mornings Dolly has opened up her class um to both of us, but I've really taken advantage of the opportunity because I don't have morning gigs on Thursdays <laughs> um of teaching her beginners. And I look forward to it. Yes, it's hard for me to get up that early. um, But I look forward to it every Thursday, going and seeing these same people and teaching them or reviewing dances. Um, it's, It's just one of those things where it really makes my Thursday start out on the right foot. No pun intended. Um... It's the right foot, by the way. The right foot is the right foot. <laughs> Left foot dances are weird. <laughs> um, if it's not a waltz, anyways. Uh, right foot waltzes are really, really weird. Those are weird. <laughs> so, uh, but with that said, I am very lucky that Dolly has allowed me the opportunity to really grow and develop as an instructor with her beginner class as well. And I look forward every time I go to an event of what beginner dance I can bring back specifically for her Thursday morning class. And then also one that hopefully I can find to bring back to Hot Monk and Twin Oaks as well. But I'm very lucky to have Dolly in my life. And I I know you agree. (laughs) So after that, um, it happened periodically, I guess I shouldn't say periodically, randomly throughout the years or the year. Um, uh, there is another instructor in Santa Rosa, um, Ellen, who teaches at the Finley Senior Center, uh, who has occasionally needed help with coverage of her classes. And she was sweet enough to ask us to cover. And it's, it's a nice experience for me anyways, to teach a new group of people. It's definitely intimidating still because I want to make sure I get everybody on the same page and I'm very much the type of instructor where I don't want to leave anybody behind. Um, 
but it's a different type of class than what I'm used to because I'm used to my regulars. I'm used to the people and I know how they learn. So then to go somewhere else, it's really good for me to get that experience to like switch it up and have to figure out how somebody else learns. So do you have any thoughts? We've, we've had a lot of recurring things. Like I, I know that at least in, in my singing uh, gigs, I prefer to have some consistency as far as a place that I know I can come back to every week as opposed to, you know, maybe they'll have a birthday this month at this one place or maybe there's a big holiday and they want somebody to play for that. I really like knowing that there's kind of like a little home in their calendar, a little space carved out where they, they're expecting a certain uh, experience from what I can bring. And I have enjoyed that about the things that you've mentioned, that we can do Lion Dance Club twice a week, every week. We can do Twin Oaks and Hot Monk in alternation every Thursday. And you know the, the, um, the Wine Country Socials, uh, Dolly's Socials, it just gives you that something to look forward to that you don't have to worry about each week. And 2018 has definitely been a good year for that kind of stability. I remember, like you were saying, you know, the early days of Twin Oaks and you know, going back a little slightly farther to the, the beginning of Hot Monk when it would just be people from Line Dance Club. No one else really knew about it. And sometimes our wine country people would show up and otherwise it was like a mostly empty room. Now, as Jeff has said, even if we didn't show up, they would like put on some music and start right? dancing. We couldn't stop that if we tried. <laughs> right. It's taken on a life of its own and I love it. Yes. I certainly agree. Yeah. Um, one of the things uh, in one of the conversations I actually had with our DJ Jeff was one of the secrets to happiness. Hmm. And one of the secrets to happiness is to have something on your calendar that you always look forward to. And whether that's a vacation or a, or a day off or an event or something like that, to always have something on your calendar that you're excited about. And as soon as that date comes near or then concludes, to have something else. And we're just so lucky that we don't have to go very long without something to look forward to. There's always something on our calendars minimum once a month, if not three times a week. Mm. So I think we're, we're really, really fortunate in that. And it's probably one of the reasons why I am still such a diehard advocate of line dance. Because 99% of what I look forward to is line dance related. So I'm very fortunate to, to have that in my life. Yeah, I think we've talked about how there will be stretches between these major circuit events where even if it's not that long, like two months, oh my goodness, two months feels like a really long time. It really It feels does. like the off season. Like, you know, we're, we're learning dances on our own just to prepare for this thing that's coming somewhere on the horizon. And it's two months. Like, when did that happen? Right. We were definitely very, 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 very lucky in yeah. that sense. Um, and many people have asked us how we do it and how we go to all these events and how we can afford it. And the secret is we don't do anything else. Nope. Everything we do is line dance related <laughs> or for the purpose of getting us to something line dance related. Um, I can't tell you I, the last time I actually went out and spent money at a restaurant where you have to tip and like it, no that's that's so it's like yes it's a nice night out but I have other priorities um I have gone to the movies a couple times recently I won't deny that but it was hard to spend that money knowing that that could go to something line dance related <laughs> but definitely worth it but still, yeah, so we really don't do much other than line dance. And when we have nothing to do, we literally ask each other, where can we go that's free that allows us to learn how to dance? And we'll go to the parks. We'll find an empty classroom. I mean, there's so many different places. Parking lots. Um, Oliver's, which is a grocery market. 
in uh, Toddy slash Rona Park, I'm not sure where they draw the line here, um, is, a, is a frequent stop for us. And generally speaking, there's been a few times I've at least learned a couple dances here. Uh, we've helped refine a couple choreographed dances here. So yeah, we'll, we'll find anywhere that's free and accessible to learn dances as well as uh, choreograph. And yeah, I mean... Sometimes I, I think about it like in cycles as well, where... Like, you're either filling the tank or you're driving somewhere. And sometimes I'll just want to learn everything. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not choreographing anything. I'm just, like, learning. And we'll just go through batches of dances, like three a day or seven a day if we're really preparing for, like, a, a, a big event where we're planning to dance a lot. And we're just absorbing information. And then we'll go through a period where we're just like dancing everything and maybe we're just reviewing all the stuff that we know and then there'll be like this creative period where we've already done a lot of dances recently and we don't there's nothing really we want to request there's nothing we want to learn but now we're starting to look for new music and we're just like digging through every genre and playlist that we can on Spotify to find the right song or we have the songs already and we're playing them on loop to see what movements jump out at us because we feel like we need to create something right then or we'll have like a project, a new project, like a, a design for something like a shirt or an idea for something that doesn't exist in the line dance world yet that needs to. And there's never really an extended off period in between these cycles where yeah. it's like, gosh, I just couldn't do anything line dance today. I I don't want to make anything and I don't want to learn anything. I don't want to look at another step sheet. Like, There's not really that time ever. No, because even <laughs> on my lazy days where I don't leave the house, I still end up going on YouTube and watching something line dance related. I won't lie. I follow a couple different people who will post videos on line dance. So then, you know, I'll go back. I'll take the moment if they don't upload something that pops up on a notification for me um, I'll actually go to their channels and like look like what's Jesse posted recently that I haven't watched um, for instance I actually just watched almost all of the demo videos from Florida that we were in mm. I conveniently skipped the two that I know I'm messed up in <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's beside the point I watched all the rest of them mm. yeah I have yet to um, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's always something line dance for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and even when I'm at work at Rayleigh's at the pharmacy, like they'll play So I mean, the other day I listed like 10 songs in a row that they played that had line dances to them that I was like, seriously, I want to dance right now. Stop it. <laughs> I have other work to do and focus on. So, what was it? Oh, I walked into Best Buy to buy a Christmas present for my roommate. And they were playing the Eagles Hotel California, so it made me think of poetry in motion. So, I was like, oh, everything is line dance. I love it. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I think, I think we're, pr we're pretty, pretty lucky. That's the broad view. Yes. Thus far. That's what happened throughout the year pretty consistently. I think now's a good time to pause and drive around in circles for a bit because it's chilly out. It is 1018 this evening in December and the engine hasn't been running in a little bit. So I'm going to pause this here recorder. We're going to warm up. All right. And, uh catch you in a few seconds because you won't really notice a difference out there. In oh, it's um, 45 degrees Fahrenheit right now. Wow. What's that in Celsius for our UK I'm and other listeners? Not sure how to change that. Oh, is it? Uh, well, let's see. Oh, I think it's, is that? Oh, never mind. I thought that was, uh, no, that's the low. It's going to get as low as. As low as 30, 30, 38, 38 degrees Fahrenheit. Wowzers. Yeah. Well. If anyone out there is good with calculations, I used I'm to, sure you'll I'm supposed to know them, too, for my test that's coming up, so uh, I should probably learn that. Well, 38 is darn close to zero degrees Celsius. I know that because 32F 
32 Fahrenheit would be zero. Yeah. So I think you all in in podcast land slash radio land. Um, will... Seven degrees Celsius. <laughs> Fun. Feels like six. Feels... <laughs> According so, to Google. According to Google, right now where we're sitting, it feels like six degrees Celsius or, yeah, things 40, 42 degrees Fahrenheit. The things we do for Yes, we're nerds. Okay, so let's warm up. All right. We'll catch you in just a few seconds. Welcome back <laughs> from your Two multiple second. seconds of break. Yeah. <laughs> we are a little bit toastier than we were not too long ago. We uh, took a scenic drive through nighttime Ronert Park, which was mostly darkness and cars. Yeah, basically we got on the freeway. Took the next exit, turned around, took the exit back, got off the freeway, and went back and parked exactly where we were. Well, not exactly. We were like one spot over now. But, you know, essentially where we were. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we were older and wiser than we were. <laughs> well, I know we're older. I don't know about the wiser. Well, you know, we talked ourselves out of going to either Walmart or Target, and I think... We've got that much more money in our pockets for not spending it. True. A penny saved is a penny earned. Very true. Yeah. And we discussed events that are coming up and people that we hope to see more of in the coming year. So I would say it was a productive trip. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely spoke about Palm Springs coming up Mm -hmm. and how we'd like to see more of Shane. Yes. Those were the two main things. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> now, Palm Springs, that's a January event. Is it, it is not? a January event. So do you want to go chronologically date-wise, or do you just want to do, like, the month, this is what happened in that month? Whatever, because whatever te- the spirit guides you toward. Technically speaking, our year began pretty oh. amazingly. Yes, it did. Surprisingly amazingly, like total chance of a lifetime risk reward are you sure (laughs) buckles jackets all kinds of fun stuff so our our event our our year um started off technically we were at a quick steppers new year's eve party oh that too Yes, and they have a, they host a glamour and glitz and fancy um, dance event every New Year's. Unfortunately, this year I am not going to make it, but that's okay. I did last year, and we rang in the New Year with some amazing people and had a lot of fun dancing with them, and we immediately headed. What it was like. a five or ten minute drive over to the hotel that was hosting Worlds. So that was a very exciting experience for us. I know that for sure because we had heard briefly about what Worlds was supposed to be about um, back, I think it was Palm Springs the previous year through JP. So we had no idea what to expect. And we were able to volunteer with Melissa, and we we put in the floors, so that was an experience. Um, I know I can do floors, and I definitely volunteer for floors when necessary, because I find it important to have dance floors put together if you're going to have a dance event, Uh, but it was not my favorite area to volunteer in, that's for sure. That was a lot of hard physical labor. Um, I think the people were really, really impressed with our teamwork, if I remember correctly, um, because you were the only person able to keep up with me. And as I was putting the floors in or taking them out, you were right there helping me with the, the actual panels. And I think they, they realized that that was, that was an asset for them. So there was that. I do remember being very sore afterwards because that was a lot of manual labor that I'm not used to. Um, but prior to that, like I said, we rang in the new year with the Quick Steppers and immediately headed over for open dancing 
late night in our formal wear, still from the Quick Steppers event over to Worlds. And wow, it was pretty. It was very pretty. Um, at Worlds, I'll talk briefly about my side of things and then I want to hear what, what you have to say as well. Um, I watched Fiona Murray compete in the superstars category and was so awestruck and so amazed by how talented not only she because she is exceptional but her her co-competitors were and I remember being so enamored with the whole experience of it that I ran to several different ballrooms looking for Cat Painter and asked her when I finally caught up with her to coach me in solo line dance competition because I wanted to learn how to do that. And I did start my journey, unfortunately, due to financial reasons. I was unable to complete competing this year, but... I'm, my goal is to compete at Worlds next year, being 2020. When you think about it, Luke didn't complete his Jedi training in Empire Strikes Back. But in Return of the Jedi, things turned out just fine. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, we also had the experience of the choreography competition at Worlds. So we talked about competing, and we were really, really close to not, really close. Like, we had pretty much talked ourselves out of competing in the choreography competition until finally a very, very special friend convinced us that we had to. Thank you, Jody Harmon, for that. We really, really appreciate it. I personally feel like I'm in your debt for that. It was a it was a pretty regular experience competition-wise for me. Getting out there and competing in choreography and just demoing the dances is something that we had been doing for a while up to this point. Um and so I was kind of used to that fact. Nerves still kind of got there a little bit for me because they do that. But it was fun getting out there and demoing with Jono and demoing with you and just having the different people come out. I really, really enjoyed it. It was fun being on that floor with all the bright colors and getting to demo these dances. I remember being completely confused when they were calling the winners of the country intermediate advanced category because they had gotten all these people and they had called the second place person and I was racking my brain honest truth racking my brain trying to remember who else was in our category because I had so convinced myself that there was not a possibility of us winning that when they called us I think I froze for a second and you had to like, come on. And I was like, wait, but what? It was absolutely just jaw-dropping experience for me. So I am really, really grateful that we did, we did decide to compete that. You also competed something else too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's one of those things that I just kind of forget you know, also happened, but KS for Kicks, KS for Kicks did all right. Uh, did it come in second? It came in second, second in its, yeah. its non-country beginner category. Yeah, which is pretty pretty big considering that was wasn't that one of your first beginner dances? I believe so. I had thought Mahala, which I entered somewhere in some competition. I thought that was a, a, a beginner dance but then when Louis played it at an event late night and I didn't remember it or didn't remember how to do it correctly I realized mm, perhaps this is a little bit trickier than I originally give it credit for yeah, yeah. 
it's available in Carbonum if anyone wants to dance it, but you know. Yeah, but if K- I had to pick better K is for kicks, I'd go K is for kicks. Yeah, K is for kicks. Like I'm, I've been teaching that for heaven only knows how long at this point. I love that dance. Um, John Robinson loves that dance. He he just has a blast dancing. I love watching all his fun little movements that he adds to it here and there in a very John Robinson style. Um, Joe was sweet enough to teach it recently. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those dances. I know Jamie's used it for her 5 and 50 sessions. It's a great beginner dance. I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't danced it yet or seen it. K is for kicks. Is, it's, it's great. It's fun, upbeat music. It allows beginners an accessible dance that doesn't travel a whole lot. There is a little bit of thought process in it, but not so much that by the end of the dance, they shouldn't be able to actually really be able to sink their teeth into it. Um, And it's not a very long song, too. It's not one of those that goes on for like four or five minutes either. So it's it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. So, yeah, that was uh, quite the experience. Um, There was a lot of late night dancing. Uh, very, 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 very late night. However, there wasn't a whole lot of people. Yeah, it was kind of an under-the-radar event for social dance, and I would have thought more more Bay Area people would have uh, gone to it, but I guess they just uh, didn't know about it for the most yeah, part. Yeah, from what I was told, most people didn't know it was happening. Yeah. So, next year, 2020, when it's supposedly back in San Francisco, if that is in fact the case... I'm going to advertise the heck out of it. Mm. That's going to be my goal. I remember when the uh, partner dancers came into the room and JP started playing things that were technically line dances but worked well for West Coast. That was where I was exposed to, I think, I'll have to double check the playlist, but I'm pretty sure SXE was played at some point because I wrote it, I think I wrote it, as sexy, S-E-X-Y. I think I wrote it as S-E-X-Y because I didn't know about S-X-E, Rob Fowler. Also, Shoop, I think, was played one of those nights, and I was surprised, like, is this, ju- are you just playing this, like, for fun, or, he said, you know, he, he said there was an actual line dance to it. Yeah. Um, that was where I learned Got to Be Funky, mm-hmm. and I think we really solidified our swing and ours, mm-hmm. um, because Rob I was there. Mm-hmm. So. They played Mama Number 5 for him as well. I yeah. Think. Um, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved being able to meet all of these people who were doing the uh, competition side of thing and see what they had to bring when they came into the social aspect. And it was it was a lot of fun to to meet tons of different people, um, and see what they they do back home. Because again, there were so few people there that like really. We hardly requested anything. We just kind of let things happen and got exposed to so many new different dances that were like, what is this? That was where we learned Beethoven's Boogie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tommy Weefer brought a lot of UK-type favorites, and I think that, that was one of them. Yeah, was that, among them. That, was, that was a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm really grateful to World. It was an amazing experience for me to get exposed to so many new things that... Um, it's hard for me to recommend it right now for first timers because it's really not geared towards what I think would hook a first timer. However, if it's someone who's experienced line dance events before, it's definitely a different event that I would highly recommend. And I know we need to get more social dancers there and then it'll turn into a, an event that I'm going to recommend to all beginners because you're going to get the social aspect as well as the amazing talent of the competition like sitting in and watching some of those people compete it was just I mean there's not words to describe the talent and that comes from the dedication of hard work that I know the hours and hours and hours that they must be putting in just for you know one style all year round so I think you were mentioning solidifying the swinging R's. That, I think, is also where I followed 
John enough times on Islands in the Stream uh, that I was able to get that one down for future events because I had tried to learn it independently and it just didn't stick. Uh, but I think that was a common theme of like these classics that we don't always see enough to really nail down. Reggae Cowboy came up a lot. When Joe was there, they played Enchantment and Open Book. And usually at the events we go to, that's you know yeah. Dizzy, Jukebox, maybe Rose Garden. You never see Enchantment or Open Book. Right. But there's some places where that's still popular enough that it's a sure you know floor filler. And I think there were enough people from that world uh, between the UK and the world's crowd mm -hmm. that those would get people on the floor. Yeah. And I liked being exposed to that. Just knowing... Kind of like how, you know, back in our country bar days, we would think like, oh, well, if this comes on, everybody knows it, right? <laughs> and then and then you say, oh, no, 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 okay. So now we've gone to Vegas, we've gone to Windy City. So now we really know that if these come on, everybody knows it. And then you find out there are all these other dances. Right. And it just seemingly never ends. Hopefully, you know, we'll just keep getting our minds opened up uh, in, in such a fashion as we make our way into you know, the UK and Europe for their various events. Yes, I'm, very, I'm very excited about our, our, our UK experience coming up soon, hopefully in uh, 2020. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my goal. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So definitely want to make that happen over there. I want to get, get some new experiences going and some, you know, across the pond memories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. maybe in 2020 for our Reflections episode we'll be talking about how cool the Super Bowl halftime show was and getting that first uh, line dance in space experience <laughs> checked off. Uh, getting that cable TV deal for a weekly show, you know, evangelizing line dance to the masses. 2020, you know, a lot can happen between now and then. Right, exactly. See? Um, so after that, after Worlds, we were lucky enough to last minute discover that Doug and Jackie Miranda were coming for a weekend, small weekend event um, for, I think it was the Quick Steppers? Yep, the Quick Steppers hosted You Can Dance 6, 8, one of those. One of those numbers? They've been coming for a few years. <laughs> yeah, I think it was six. I think so. Six feels right. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and we got to hang out with Doug and Jackie and like really get to know them a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And that was that was a really fun experience. It was weird for me because like they're in our backyard as opposed to us going to Vegas. Um, it's a much, much smaller event because it's like just the Bay Area clubs. And so we got to experience that. And it was just really nice to get to know them as peoples as opposed to like just seeing them through passing and occasionally saying hi or we're going to get you for that interview Doug it's going to happen you know which it finally did um you know something to something along those kind of you know encounters versus actually being able to have a conversation or play a game I remember there was a game that we ended up playing the next day at um Annie's house I don't remember what the game was but you had to like act out it was like a charades kind of game and you had to act things out. And uh, Doug and Jackie are very competitive, fun, entertaining people. I want to say gestures, but I might be making that up. That might be it. I don't remember. It's been almost a year. So. I do remember standing around in the kitchen and feeling like that was very normal. Like with Doug and Annie, Annie Wonderlick, uh, president of... I think some people call her like president for life of country quick steppers. AJ uh, Herbert was also there. Yes, we were talking about like classics and like what would they want to see brought back. And I loved that they all had something that they could then remind each other of. And that was the first time I had heard the existence of Cannibal Stomp. Yep. Yeah, that was, it's one of those things where we, we try and take the opportunity for people who've been doing this a while to ask them for suggestions on dances to learn because, you know, we've only been doing this for a few years now. And there's people with 20, 30 years on us that, like, you know, like, well, what was one that you just loved when you first started dancing that you just don't see anymore? Because how else are we going to get exposed to them? So. Speaking of AJ, watching the two of you play, I think, I think you got to know AJ a lot better at that event. And I think I can see, like, a common, um, a common sass. <laughs> Within you both. Yeah, AJ and Annie are both, if I ever decide to grow up, keyword there, um, are women that I would love to be like 
when I'm older. Mm. They just, they're no holds bars. They love life. They have a passion for it. And they just, they are sassy little ladies. Mm -hmm. And they definitely keep me on my toes. So I I very much enjoyed hanging out with them and getting to know both of them better. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that that was a fun little mini event that we weren't, aware of until like almost last minute so we were able to actually show up which was good but um it just it kind of made me think of that I think when we were talking about it too was the one time Joe was in town or like close by for um like a a weekend thing or whatever and we were going to try and go but we had to be back by a certain time and now we're like where were we why did we miss that event so I think that it was an opportunity where for us where we're like, do we really want to have another one? Why why did we miss this event? Where were we? They're in our backyard. We might as well go see them. So um, that will be happening again this January. So I'm excited about that. So we'll be able to do that again in the new year. Um, like most most of these events that we've we've been through in uh, 2018, we will try and attend in 2019 again. Mm-hmm. Um, after that was Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Palm- yeah, we'll, we'll definitely attend that. We're contractually booked. Yes. Contractually. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, yeah, Palm Springs for me was an eye opener. It was a big, big eye opener for me as to what I want to achieve in my line dance life adventure career what you might call it um seeing everybody on stage having an amazing time teaching everybody on the floor and I wanted to be a part of that so badly so badly that it almost hurt and that's when I knew that I was finally ready because for a good year up to that point, I was, t- I was saying that I wasn't ready for a large crowd. That was when I finally knew that I was ready to try and take that challenge on. And it was really cool for me to know that I had actually developed enough in my confidence and in my style of teaching that I felt ready to do that. Um, Michael and Michelle did a great job on that event. I believe that was the first one they took over. Yes, because before that was uh, the one with, I want to say, like, Bart and Gloria Gunn. Or maybe it's not Bart. I think Bart Gunn is a pro wrestler. Or maybe he was a boxer. Maybe it was both. But anyway, it's it, the guns. It's the guns, and yeah. I'm 90% positive it's Gloria. Yes. So, yeah, Gloria sounds right. So, unfortunately, I don't remember her husband's name. Um, yeah, and so Michael and Michelle were there. Amy and Darren were there. Ruben was there. Bracken filled in for JP because JP unfortunately got really, really sick. And um, who else was there? Uh, Luann taught. I feel like there was somebody else. Anne Marie Preck? Yes. Yes, you are correct. Um, it was fun because that was an event that Alex and Jackie, our friends from SoCal, showed up to. So that was fun getting able to spend time with them. Um, Getting able, that was uh, when we kind of got to know Amy and Darren a little bit better too. So that was fun. Um, Trying to think of what else kind of happened. I'll let you talk about like your experience of teaching and the lunch teach and that kind of stuff. But during that event, I actually had the privilege of co choreographing a dance with Bracken Ellis. She had asked me like a week or two prior to Palm Springs or whatever if I would be interested in choreographing something with her for the Fort Wayne competition that was coming up. And I said, absolutely. And then when we found out that she was going to be filling in for JP, she was like, well, we can just work on it here. And I was like, okay, cool. I've never done this really before, so this should be interesting. And unfortunately, at the time, she was... Um, unable to physically dance so the roles got reversed from what I'm used to with you normally I have like a kind of vague idea of like what I'm seeing and so I'm trying to describe it to you and you figure out the mechanics of how it works 
And this was the opposite. Like she was describing an idea and I would have to figure out the mechanics of it. So it was certainly a, a difference. Um, I really, really respect the fact that you can understand what I'm trying to say and put it a movement to it. Um, it's a talent that I certainly need to work on. But it was a wonderful experience for me. <coughs> Pardon me. Palm Springs Winter Break, I would say, I covered in uh, the Reflections episode, hopefully better than I would right now. So I'd recommend anybody check that out on linedancepodcast.com. And that, I believe, is our last of the major events that occurred in January uh, 2018. 18. So I would, uh, I would say, for those of you who would like to hear about the rest of 2018... Feel free to tune into our follow-up episode, which will also be an hour-ish long, covering February through December 2018, and that can be found at LionDancePodcast.com. <laughs> this has been the first hour of our 2018 Reflections on Lion Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Until the next episode slash part two, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.